So apparently you're getting a little musical interlude for every single one of these series. So um, if you like it, great. If not, oh well. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if that's a promise or a threat. But, uh... Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon and enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Oh, my goodness. It is still August, but we're still talking (laughs) about the holidays. (laughs) I'm so confused right now. Like, I'm very much like a, as we said last, last, in the last episode, I think, like, we don't do holidays until birthday. And I'm like, it's August. What are we talking about Christmas for? And and the the holiday season in general. But Mm -hmm. me personally, I'm like, I'm confused. It, It really is. I mean, we've, we're obviously recording this right now and at the beginning it's like okay this is what we're gonna do and as the day goes by it feels more and more like the holidays and then <laughs> like, it's gonna be well, a weird transition well, later like, like, well we were actually going out on a boat tonight with a group of friends where we're like happy holidays everybody it's like <laughs> what the hell and the funny thing is is that here in Key West we actually have Christmas in July so we've just had Christmas in July now apparently we've got Christmas in August as well so I mean this way it could run all the way to December you never know <laughs> right <laughs> today we're actually going to be talking about something really really important well Everything we talk about, I feel, is really, really important, <laughs> which is wrong. which is why wrong. we're talking about yeah. it. Um, it's something I think that most, if not all people, I mean, yeah, I would say yeah. if not all people feel is the pressure of the holidays. So today we're going to talk about how to take the pressure out of the holidays. Right. Absolutely. And I've got I've got the old. Under pressure. I got it in my Oh, yeah. Freddie yeah. Freddie is definitely Freddy, speaking to us Freddy's beyond the do, grave. doing it like, I'm like, yeah. Under pressure. Pressing down on me. Pressing down on you. Yeah. So apparently you're getting a little musical interlude for every single one of these series. So um, if you like it, great. If not, oh, well. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if that's a promise or a threat. But, uh, and so we continue. And so we continue. So when we are talking about pressure, pressure a lot of the time is coming from a whole heap of different places. But a lot of the time it's hitting our value need. Um, because normally what is happening is that the um, is that so often there's this pressure that people feel to create the quote unquote perfect holiday season. Big quote unquote. <laughs> holiday? No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's been a few uh, sarcastic misses. Usually I'm on Wee. it. I'm like, what? Uh, yes, on the round, around the word perfect. Um, so the reason that a lot of the time we're focused on perfection is perfection is normally a um, a good indication that there's a feeling of not enough around it. Either the situation is not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing good enough or what have you. And so um, that not enough thing is 
bang front and center of our value need mm-hmm. because so often what's happening is that when we feel like when the the this kind of pressure to do it a certain way is a pressure to do it a certain way so that we will be good enough so we'll be a good enough sister daughter mother friend whatever it is at this time of year and so that pressure no matter where it's coming from whether it's coming from society whether it's coming from other people whether it's coming from yourself and your expectations that you have of yourself that pressure is the pressure that if we don't do the thing that will be perceived as not good enough as said whether it's by other people whether it's by society or whether it's by ourselves and so it's really important for us to recognize that one of the antidotes to this kind of pressure piece around the holidays is to be aware aware of your value needs to make sure that you are proactively and consistently meeting your value need because if I'm doing all this stuff like I feel this pressure to do all this stuff so I'll feel good enough if I actually do the things that remind me and make me feel good enough that pressure lessens its influence on us slightly it's not going to go away completely because we live in a culture where there is a lot of expectation around this season but the key is the the influence it has on us and how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about the things that we have to do. And so the more solid we are in our value as a mother, as a friend, as a sister, as a daughter, all of a sudden that's going to lessen this feeling of like this pressure of like, I have to do this in order to be a good enough X, Y, Z. The thing about it is you are good enough. You are worthy simply because you exist. We've said it before. We will say it again a lot because it's true. So reminding yourself of that and recognizing that your worth and your enoughness is not based in any way on what you do, say, don't do, don't say, don't do, I don't remember which one, yeah, whatever it was. It's not based on anything that you're doing or saying or not doing or not saying. It's based on who you are. And if you can remind yourself of that, that's going to act as a little bit of an antidote to this pressure. But we also really want to focus in on this um, podcast on some of the specific pressures that are around this holiday. That's kind of a more of a general level. This is like, how do we now get into these specific pressures and how do we take those specific pressures off? So one of the first pressures that comes to mind when it comes to the holiday season is in the realm of gift giving. Mm-hmm. The pressure for gifts. The pressure to find and buy and produce the perfect gift. Right. The pressure to get a gift at all. And mm-hmm. this is something um, I am not a gift giver in the traditional sense for anything. And the holidays is one of those seasons. If there's something that I find that I want to give you and it happens to be around the holidays, I may save it and you'll get it for that celebratory person. Chances are that's not going to... Celebratory purpose, I think that was meant to be, rather than person. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that's what I said. So, yes, what what she said is what I was trying to say. (laughs) Um, And for a long time, there was guilt. There was guilt that... Mm -hmm. I mean, really... And I just want to jump in here because Serena is a great gift giver. Like if she sees something, she'll get it for you and she'll give it to you no matter what time of year it is. So if she's someone who does that, why should it matter whether she gets you something on a specific day or a specific date? But there is a lot of pressure that mm-hmm. creates a lot of guilt around that, right? Because there's an expectation, there's an expectation that you will get gifts. There's not, and it's not necessarily there's an expectation from the person that I'm giving the gift to. Sometimes there would be. There's an expectation from society. This mm-hmm. is this time of year and this is what we do in this time of year. And it took me a long time to get to the point where it's like, no, I like to give gifts. I like to give gifts year around. Mm-hmm. And 
that's okay. I don't have to do it like everybody else. I don't else. want this shit taking up space in my house waiting for Christmas to come exactly. around. Exactly. <laughs> I, I want to get rid of it as soon as it's here. Right. I don't want to have to feel like I have to do the Black Fridays and all mm. of those things. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is the pressure for... Um, it's, it's kind of a dual purpose, so I'm trying to figure out exactly how to say it. It's like the pressure of the monetary value mm-hmm. and cost of things, right. A, and whether you can um, afford to get somebody yeah. something. Absolutely. And if that's going to sacrifice your needs. And also the value of the gifts that you do give. Well, it's it. this is a cheap gift. Like it, it means that I'm only so valuable or the, this person's it, only going to see this much. It reminds it. me of, there's an episode of The Big Bang Theory uh, where that's, it's one of their holiday episodes and um, Penny gives, um, gets a couple of little kind of neighbor gifts for Sheldon and Leonard. And she like comes in and she's like, oh, you're going to put up a tree? And there's a whole thing about the tree. We won't go into that. Uh, and she's like, oh, I'll put them under my tree. And and Sheldon's like, you got me a gift? And he and he, she's like, yeah, um, it's, it's fine. And he's like, no, it's not. You haven't given me a gift. You've given me an obligation because I need to go out and get something that's of like commensurate value that values the relationship the same way as I do. And he's not really good at this. So he goes to a store and confuses the person at the store when trying to figure out what he's going to do and then he, he strikes on the like the perfect thing the perfect thing and the perfect thing what he does he buys a whole bunch of different gift baskets of all different shapes and sizes what he's going to do is he's going to open up the gift from penny and then he's going to feign digestive distressed go to his bedroom look up online how much the, the the gift is that she gave him and then she's he's going to give her the one that is the right value and then he's going to return the others afterwards this is his plan the issue is, is that what she does is um, he's a big fan of Star Trek and Leonard Nimoy comes into the restaurant and she gives him a napkin that's signed by Leonard Nimoy. Well, this doesn't actually have tangible, well, I suppose it does have tangible value because his signature is probably worth something, but it didn't cost her anything to get it. She didn't invest a certain amount of money in that, but to him, that's priceless. And he comes like, comes up like with all of these gift baskets and like dumps them all. And she's like, she's like, what did you do? And he's like, it's not enough, is it? And like, he ends up like, he's, he's not someone who's a big hugger. She is. So he gives her a hug and it's like this big, thing. it's like Sheldon's hugging me. Like it's like, because, but that's a great representation about the understanding about the different of, of the value of a gift and the dis, um, and the and the monetary value or cost of a gift because they're not the same thing but so often they're perceived that way in our culture and this is something to remember year round yeah gift, gift giving in general mm-hmm. it's give a gift if you want to if that's what's present right there in that when we talk about what's present right here right now well great example actually that um uh, serena's husband's birthday was just recently and i've never bought him a gift in all the time we've known we're good friends but uh, but we're not kind of gift giving people um Maybe I got, did I get him something for Christmas last year? I don't remember. Anyway, um, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) That's how much of a thing it is. I don't even remember. But it was his birthday. And then close to his birthday, I saw something that I thought he would like. And it was something that I knew, like, from conversations that he would enjoy. So we gave, bought the gift and gave it to him. And he was like, oh, my God, you got me a gift? And it's like. Yeah, and when he got when he got it, he understood why. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a thing, and it wasn't a particularly costly thing. But it was something I knew that he would love, and that was what mattered. Mm-hmm. And so frequently with this, again, like we're putting value on like the relationship that we give by based on the amount that we are spending on the gift. When in actual fact, so often the real value is in the thoughts that might go into something. So the first thing is I want to say about this is that especially when it comes to children and gift giving, 
because there's such a thing about Santa and uh, whether you're naughty or nice and like if you're good, you'll get presents and if you're not, you won't. If you are giving expensive gifts, please give them from yourself and get a small token gift from Santa because that way for the children who don't come from families that aren't able to afford a huge amount, that they're not looking at going, oh, well, Santa must like him more than me because Santa bought him an Xbox and bought me a pair of socks. So it's like, first things first is like, let's be mindful of how we are, how we're the interconnectedness of our needs. And if we meet our needs or the needs of our dependents in ways that are gonna impact other people because of how we are doing it, there's other ways of doing it to start to shift that. The other thing is that one, Check in whether you actually want to buy gifts. Like have the conversation. Do we want to buy gifts to each other for, for each other this year? A lot of the time, Serena and I won't actually buy each other gifts. We'll get each other experiences. So we'll go, we'll go out for dinner together or we'll do this. And like, I'll pay Serena's tab. She'll pay my tab. We split it. So you can't tell. <laughs> um, but we'll do so. Like what matters to us is spending quality time together. Mm-hmm. It may be experiences. It might be doing something with somebody um, where you don't even have to go out and spend money on a dinner. Maybe you do something at home together. Maybe you just spend some quality time together. You have a movie night at home where it's like, let's have a let's have some time together. That is, time is the most valuable thing that we have. You cannot buy more of it. Oh, okay, hold on a second. Where you have more privilege, you're likely to have more time because of how the world operates. But you cannot buy more hours as in like once the hours are gone, they're gone. Like you can't get those hours back. So it's important to recognize that time's our most valuable gift. And there are ways of giving gifts that show people the value they hold to you without necessarily needing to spend money. So one of the things that I um, uh, do most years is I will um, get, I get cards um, for my um, close family and my um, niece and nephews. And I will write to them a handwritten card telling them how much they mean to me. Remember like sharing about like my fun memories for the past year or the um the things I really appreciate about them and I that was like one of the add-ons that I did for many many years and I'll do it now occasionally um still where it's like something I'm doing that shows care shows thought and it shows the value that they have to me it doesn't need to it doesn't need to cost money so the thing we want to be aware of here is like where am I trying to create my value need or try to show somebody else their value to me, I'm trying to meet their value need by spending a certain amount of money. And in actual fact, there's a whole bunch of ways of doing this that one, maybe you don't want to, maybe you don't want to do gifts at all. That's a conversation to be had. And actually, or even to say, you know what, things are a little tight this year. Um, If we want to do gifts, why don't we set a cap uh, um, $10? Um, or $5, like it doesn't have to be anything. I remember once I had a, um, I went through a, um, a retreat experience where at the end you had to give somebody something that you had made. You weren't allowed to, you weren't allowed to buy it. It had to be something that you created. Um, you could draw a picture or you could go and collect something from the garden and weave them something or whatever. Like there were a whole bunch of things that you could do. There are lots of ways if you start to be creative where you can start to, take the pressure off of the gifts sometimes by not giving them at all Mm -hmm. sometimes I mean I I'm going to be honest like I don't I I like I like to receive gifts but I often find Christmas overwhelming there's too many like half the day is opening gifts I'm like that is not what the day for me is about it's about spending time with the family so in actual fact having less gifts sometimes can create more connection which is often what the real gift is around the holidays 
And I want to say a reminder as well that gifts shouldn't be tit for tat. Yes. In any way whatsoever, whether it's value to value or even getting a gift. Like if somebody gives you a gift, there is not an obligation for you to then reciprocate with a mm-hmm. gift. Yeah. A thank you? Absolutely. But right. you don't have to actually you don't have to feel like you have to purchase it simply purchase something simply because they did they did that because they wanted to mm-hmm. and not- if you want to you can but it's it's coming from a place of i desire to do this for the other person not i feel like i should do this because they've done it for me it's your personal power in your choice yes. versus obligation absolutely another area where there is so much pressure so 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 much pressure of um in the holidays is family mm-hmm. pressures of family and the family dynamics and the family traditions and all of those things um and one of the ways this shows up is the con- the pressure to continue traditions that no longer serve you mm-hmm. your dependents and your immediate kind of like core your core people so mm-hmm. you know the the parents and child or yep. children it also span um kind of spills over to the pressure to be places for your family. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a divorced household, so I was splitting my time between two families and within those families, there were also little subsidiary things that we had to spend our, I had to attend. attend. Yeah, Yeah, and it was, my time was split. And as a child, I went where I was told to go and I went where my parents went or where they sent me. Okay, you're going here. Okay, that's that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, the pressures to keep that up and to keep being all the places were so much. It, yeah. It's... It's overwhelming. It is. And that's... It, yeah. It's so overwhelming. It's like, what are the feelings that come well, up even just thinking about the past pressures I've experienced. Well, it's interesting because one of the questions that was actually asked by one of the audience members was like, how do you, how do you deal with the family stuff without like, uh, without disappointing people? Mm -hmm. And um, how do you keep everybody happy if you've got like multiple children and you've got multiple grandchildren? Like, how do you, how do you do that? Um, So the thing about it is, is like we talked quite a bit about this in the first episode in in terms of like expectations and how do we start to break traditions and and set boundaries. The first thing is, is to recognize like first check in, where do you want to be spending time? Like, do you want to spend time with your family? Do you want to go and spend time? And if not, you can communicate that and look for other options as we discussed in the first um, the first episode. The other thing is, is that there might be ways of doing it in terms of creating balance where it's like, you don't have to see everybody in one go. So for example, as I said, when we were growing up, we did one year with one, one side of the family and then we did the next year with the other side of the family. And actually what we did was we... Um, we would uh, flip-flop between those every year. Now, it may be that what you actually want to do is you want to do one year with one side of the family, the next year with another side of the family, the next year at home. So you have it where you are. So it may be that it's actually choosing to do it in different locations. Now, you can still see the other people. As as I said, I had Christmas dinner in October so that I could still have my family celebration when I wasn't going to be able to see my family for Christmas. So it's possible to, um, to create other opportunities to connect with those people and the how how I would suggest approaching that with people is saying that like, at the moment I'm trying to split myself between so many places and I'm spreading myself myself so thin. One, 
I'm going to be exhausted. So I'm not going to be as present. Two, I'm not going to be able to really just focus on being with you for the time that I am with you because I'm like, I'm, I've just been here and I'm about to go there and all these other kind of things that we're trying to balance at the same time. So instead saying, actually, what I would like to do is I'd like to really spend that time with you. So I'm going to spend two days with you um, this year and then I'm going to spend two days with them next year and then I'm going to spend two days by myself or my place and people can come to me if I want them to uh, the following year after that and then around that look for the opportunities to have okay so I would still like to see you in the fest around the festive season why don't we do something a couple of weeks before why don't we do something in the new year when things have kind of hit a bit of a lull when it's not so busy so we can actually we can do like we had Christmas in July and August and apparently maybe September, October and November as well. Like you, there's no there's no um, restrictions on how this is meant to look. So it's about recognizing that so often our focus in these situations is I don't want to let these people down. I don't want to disappoint them. Firstly, if you're not spending time with them and they would like to spend time with you, it's okay that they're disappointed. Like that's part of the process. That's okay. The other thing to do though is in the communicating about it is to focus on what it is that you're trying to create. Like I want to make sure I get some quality time with you and I actually get to really relax and enjoy this festive season. So this year I'm going to do it with you and then the next year I'm going to do it with them so I can do the same thing with them and the next year I'm going to do it by myself so I get this and I'll invite whoever I want to invite or what have you. But the thing is is that to focus on what it's going to bring rather than what you're taking away because you're doing this. The reason that you're wanting to change this is because you want to create more of what works for you and everybody else and it might not look quite the way they want it to and there are ways sometimes that that sometimes it can be even better than people expect it to absolutely yeah. the energy that you come to the situations with the joy that's created when you can truly be present where you are and not yeah. thinking of the next thing or the last thing or all of the things which leads to one of the next pressures mm -hmm. which is all of the things, all of the activities, <laughs> all of what makes the holiday season the holiday season mm -hmm. can, if you're if you're not meeting your needs, it can pressurize you right. and it just falls on your shoulders. Right, absolutely. And so again, like with all the activities, here's the thing. The question is, there's a couple of questions. First thing is figure out which ones you actually want to attend. Do you which not want to attend the office Christmas party? Or a holiday go. party? Then don't, don't go. go. It's okay not to do that. Because the other thing is that um, one of the things that we've talked about in the uh, previous, um, uh, the Self-Care Made Simple Masterclass that we do um, on a regular basis in the Nourish Your Needs group is that when you're saying no to things, a lot of the time people focus on what it is that they're saying no to and on disappointing people and letting people down. And it's like I said, it's okay if you say no to somebody and they're a little bit disappointed by that, that's all right. That's part of the process. The thing is that what people don't think about is when I say no to this, what am I saying yes to? And if I'm saying no to this, this means I get to do this. So you make a direct link between by saying no to this, I can now do this. Even if that I can now do this is, I can stay at home and rest. So I actually have the energy to enjoy Christmas Day or Hanukkah, whatever the, the the celebration is that you're focusing on or whatever it is that you want to enjoy over this festive pe uh, period, that you can actually enjoy that. You have the capacity to enjoy that. So it may be that you say, actually, I don't want to go to this and I don't want to go to that and I don't want to get to that, go to that because in these days, I'm going to take the time I need for myself so I can actually really enjoy the time I'm going to spend with the people when I do show up. So when you're saying no, the, the kind of pressure of the activities, again, it's okay if other people are disappointed by that. 
And their disappointment is their expectation of you meeting their needs. That's not your responsibility often in these situations. So it's important to stay focused on the fact that actually I have to be, go back to episode number one, tis the season to be self first. How do I take care of my needs as a priority in ways that are not going to harm other people's needs? sometimes ways that are going to benefit each other uh, other people's needs and how do I communicate that in a way that is mindful and compassionate to where they're at while still being clear with what my boundaries are and when it comes to the activities and how the holidays tend to work a lot of things kind of come in last minute or you know like things just appear and all of a sudden there's more to do when you commit to something that you didn't want to do to begin with there might be something you might miss out on down the road. So sometimes I know I used to get tunnel vision. It's like, well, I don't have anything to fill this space with and I don't necessarily want to not do something. Keeping that space open and then um, place setters. We talk about Mm -hmm. them um, in the program a lot. Like having a place setter, like actually I'll have to get back to you on that if it's something that I'm like. I think I might have something booked or I think I might be busy. Um, uh, I'm going to say no for now, but I'll let you know if if that's if it's a yes. And leave your options open, which then enhances your personal power and meets Mm -hmm. that need. Well, and the other thing is it's okay to change your mind. Yes. It's okay if you say, actually, yes, I'm going to make that to be like, I'm really sorry. I can't make it anymore. I hope you have an amazing time. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can get together in the new year and have a, have a catch up or something like that. Like it's possible. Like so often it's like, oh no, I've said I'm going to go. So I have to go now. It's like, Actually, if your capacity changes, if your situation changes, if circumstances change, even if something else comes up where where it's like, actually, you know what, that feels so much more in alignment for me, it's okay to change your mind and to communicate that in a way that is mindful of the other people involved. Another pressure that we're going to talk about is uh, the pressure of the spirit, joy, and cheer of the holiday season. I feel like people get into the um, habit of having to I don't know if the habit or just the obligation of having to... The pressure. The of, pr- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll do a podcast episode on that one. We should do. <laughs> um, the pressure of be happy. It's the holidays. Where's your holiday cheer? Stop being a Scrooge. All of these like kind of little, the little comments that are... Ew. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the judgment of others. Yeah. I want to put out there, remember, not everybody has good memories of the holidays um, from their past. For probably more people than we can actually think of, the holidays are prob- might be acting as a trigger for past traumas. So to try and push somebody out of where they're at because you feel they should be in the spirit well and the other thing is is that i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna jump in and add on to that that's not the only reason it's okay for somebody to not be in the holiday cheer they don't mm-hmm. have to have had some massive traumatic past in order to be like oh well you see there's a good reason why i'm not in the cheer here's the good reason all this stuff that happened oh, to me good point actually you know what bullshit you be where you are at and you can be where you're at at any point it's more important to have whole holidays than it is to have happy holidays and what i mean by that is to like we want to embrace our wholeness at this time of year and 
the thing about it is, is that depending on what's going on, we may be low capacity, we may have stuff that's going on in our lives, we may just not feel in the mood and that's okay as well. We can honor where we are at. We don't need to change where we're at, where we're at for other people. And the thing about it is, is that so often when people are in that space of not being in the great or not being in a great place, it's like, oh, I don't want to affect everybody else. Everybody else can be where they're at as well. You're not having to push what you're feeling onto them, but also it does it works the other way around. You don't want to be masking how you're really feeling, putting like this happy face on it. Look, it's the holidays, everything's amazing. And it's like, no, it's really not. Because people are gonna sense that. People are gonna feel that. And if they can feel that, some it's gonna feel a little bit like, oh, something feels uncomfortable. I don't really know what's going on, but mm is so-and-so okay? Or um, like, maybe we shouldn't invite them next time because it was a bit weird Mm -hmm. when they were here last time. There's all of that that's going to be going on. It's okay to be just like, you know what? I'm okay. I don't have to be happy because it's the holidays. And sometimes it may be, actually, I'm having a bit of a bit of a down day today. Like, it's just, it's just where I'm at. Like, you don't have to push that onto other people, but you can be honest about where you are at. And honor your emotional state honor your emotional experience and expression need which is about honoring and connecting to and experiencing and expressing where you're at at that point in time now i will say the caveat to that is if you express your emotional expression emotional experience and expression need in a way that negatively impacts somebody else so if you're having a shitty day and you shout at somebody else because you're having a shitty day that's your way of expressing it you're negatively impacting somebody else's needs interconnectedness you're going to impact yours that's not being self first but if you're having a crappy day and you want to experience and express it you could go journal about it mm-hmm towel rolled up in the bathroom great to scream into to get out some of how you're feeling it's important that oh it's important that you don't hit the sound barrier (laughs) sound barrier i mean yeah sound barrier but that sounded like i was like going super fast um (laughs) it's really important that we allow ourselves because the thing about it is if you are not feeling it and you whack this mask on is that you're gonna it's gonna be in the space but it's also gonna kind of rile up inside of you like a lot I can't tell you the amount of times in the past where I've like put a happy face on things and it's like the emotion is like at the back of my throat threatening to pop out at any moment and then if somebody says the wrong thing to me it's like "Ah, oh there it goes oops sorry didn't mean to do that or even if like something happened I mean I could see there points where I'd let myself get pressurized to the point like I dropped my olive (laughs) right Christmas is ruined absolutely (laughs) it's like fall apart in a puddle of tears on the floor whereas actually if you want to fall apart in a puddle of tears on the floor you can do that go take some and then you don't have to do that and make everybody else bear witness to it you can if you want to be witness with somebody and there's someone that you can be like hey I'm kind of would you mind if I just process some stuff with you just so I can clear it so it's not in the space anymore you can do that but also you can take yourself off bathrooms are great places to do this like go and just allow yourself to have a little cry or allow yourself to set scream into a towel put the the, turn the taps on turn the shower on so that it like muffles the sound even more nobody else has to know about it but you're honoring yourself and where you're at and you also have the option to give yourself the permission to leave yes to be done yes to be like i showed up i you know, maybe you tried, maybe you wanted to be there and all of a sudden it's not serving you. Okay. Actually, we we know somebody, we have a um, somebody who's part of our friendship group who will, um, like social gatherings is not really their thing. Mm-hmm. And they will come, they will come and they will be there. And then all of a sudden you'll have a moment where like, oh, where did they go? It's Call like, it the Houdini. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like one minute, one minute they're there, next minute gone. And it's like, oh, cool. Okay, they've gone home. 
and we carry on. Mm-hmm. It's and nobody's like, oh my god, are they okay? Right. Like that's just, oh, they must be pissed right. or something happened. We just know they're just they're just doing them, and that's the thing they need at that moment. They do they stay for as long as they want to, and when they're done, they go. You and there's not a big thing about it. And you don't have to make it. You, I mean, even if you are a, I'm a hug everybody, I love you every time I leave somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. and, there, and there are time. So not every time I leave somewhere. Most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. And there are some days where I just exit. Mm-hmm. And I might get a test, text message. Are you okay? Yep, I'm good. Just my time to leave. Yep. I'm and done. it's okay. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Yeah. to da To do. <laughs> Whatever. To not word to do. It doesn't have to be a t- anything. Yeah. No tes required. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really important. I mean, and, and it is important to be mindful of the fact that that a lot of people have great experiences around the holidays. A lot of people have really not great experiences around the holidays. And so when we are, it's very important for, um, as we are navigating through this, that not only are we mindful of this for ourselves, but where are we putting this on others? Mm-hmm. Where are we expecting cheer from, where would do we think we're entitled to everybody around us being happy because that's what we would like? It's like, actually, that's not our place and that's not our right. If somebody is where they're at, let them be where they're at and don't try and be like, oh, come on, get into the festive spirit. My cat just died or what have you. Like, oh, shit. And that's when you then feel crappy because you've tried to put your expectations and your pressure on them and you realize actually there was a very valid reason why they weren't in that space. If somebody isn't in that space, then the best best course of action is to assume there's there's a valid reason why they're in that space and allow them to be there and engage with them while they're there. They don't have to, you don't have to be like, oh, they're not in the holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, check out the, <laughs> check out of the uh, conversation entirely. Uh, you can be like, hey, like you, you seem, you seem a little off right now. Do you want to talk about it? Or would you prefer to talk about something else? Like you can offer that opening so that they could share because it may be, I mean, we had a situation this morning where, um, where I'm sure we will talk about on another po- podcast at, at length, but I was in a bit of a space and Serena was like, you okay? Is there something you want to talk about? Well, what, an hour and a half later, many tears later, a bunch of stuff I wasn't even, I didn't even realize was there. It all came flooding out and all of, and uh, wow, it's been cleared from the space. I know what we're doing now. We're celebrating the holidays. Um, you told me a few hours ago, this is where we would be right now. That's not what I would have expected. But because I was able to clear it and I was able to process it, now we're able to be in the space. And that may be what somebody else could, that's the support you might be able to offer somebody else too. Another area that there's a lot of pressure, a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure, pressure is um, creating the magic of the holidays. And this, I feel, is especially prevalent for parents and Mm -hmm. those who are trying to do this for a child. Yeah. And it's really important to note that the expectations of a child and the expectations of an adult are quite often, if not almost always, Always, different things. Very different things. Yes, very different things. And the expectations of adults aren't necessarily what the child wants. No. <laughs> there was a, um, there's an example that I, I remember of this. Um, I saw, I can't remember whether it was an, it's a, a while ago that I saw this. It was either an article or a video or something. And somebody was talking about the fact that um, his wife used to go all out for Halloween. Like, I mean, all out for Halloween. Like homemade like cookies or candy, the entire house, like decked out and entirely. 
And she was always like, oh, God, I've got to do the Halloween stuff. And and he was like, well, don't do it. She's like, oh, no, I've got to do it because, like, like for the kids. And so, they, I mean, this was a conversation that happened regularly in their house. And they were, she was always frustrated by it. She never enjoyed doing it. She was always exhausted by it. And then one at one point, they actually had a conversation with the child. And it turned out that the child didn't give a shit about the, the place being decorated. All of the stuff that she thought was important... Actually, the child didn't care about any of that. And in fact, I think they found some things that they weren't doing that actually mattered more to the child than these things that were that, that she was spending so much time and energy on. And she was doing it to try to have, like, to make sure the children had, like, the best experience of Halloween possible. But as Serena mentioned, like, when she and I were talking about this earlier, because of the amount of time and energy and stress that was going into that, there was probably very unlikely that actually the kids were having the best experience mm-hmm. of Halloween because of what it was doing to the parents to try to create that. Like you, I remember you, you brought that up earlier and you were like, you're like, it probably isn't the best experience because she's probably stressed. Mm-hmm. She's probably exhausted. She's probably not spending much time mm-hmm. with them. And that's probably what they want more than anything. And then after, after the fact, she's got to clean up. Right. You got to do to like recover. Prep, recover, prep for yeah. next year. I mean, all of the things that, it's so it's a lot <laughs> and the thing, there's a difference between doing it because you want to do it yourself mm-hmm. or doing it because you think that's the thing that's going to make the difference for the child i'm sure that first year it was just as much for her as it was yeah, for absolutely. the child like i'm gonna do this this is fun and then the second year it's like this Ugh. is a little less fun <laughs> this is a lot of work i mean there's a there's a i remember there's a there's a there's a house here um on uh, one of the streets near one of my favorite restaurants I think that house is decorated year round. And when I say decorated, I mean like huge inflatables Mm -hmm. outside. And all they do is they literally roll from one holiday to the next. Mm -hmm. Basically, as soon as one holiday is done, they're focused on the next holiday and they they go for that. And I'm like... And all the little random holidays in between too. Very random holidays. And I'm like... That just, like, going past that place, it's fun, but my God, I feel exhausted just looking at it. I'm like, oh, that just seems like a lot of work. And it's not something I would get the joy out of. Now, if you're doing it because you get the joy out of it, great. But a lot of that, I think, comes from a sense of obligation and duty. There's also quite often an assumption about what the children will actually want or like that may be very out of kilter with reality. And I had an experience of this in my childhood. So I remember every Christmas we used to do alternate, as I said, like we go to one grandparents one year, one grandparents the other year. Um, It meant that for for the many, 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 many years, we never were at home for Christmas. And I remember one year I was, um, I got a bike as a, a new bike as a surprise for my Christmas present. But because the uh, my grandparents' house was about two hours away from where my parents lived, um, and it was a surprise, it's a little difficult to bring a bike without somebody noticing there's a bike-shaped like present attached to the car in some way, shape, or form. So they couldn't bring it with with them. So I ended up having um, like a video, like it was a home video of the bike in the backyard at home, and. It was funny because years later, I remember having the conversation with my mom and my mom like felt guilty about the fact that I didn't get to ride my bike on Christmas Day like most children would if they had a new bike for Christmas Day. And I remember thinking, like when we had the conversation, 
actually the thing that made Christmas for me was actually spending time with my family. We were at my grandparents' house where I got to see my cousins and all of these people who I loved. And I said to her, I was like, you did nothing wrong. That's exactly as I would have wanted it to have been. I would have far rather been there for Christmas and ridden my bike a couple of days later than ridden my bike on Christmas day, but not got to spend the time with all of them. But she'd spent years feeling guilty about the fact that that I didn't get to ride my new bike on Christmas day. And I'm like, love the new bike. I like vividly remember the video actually. I can remember the colors of the bike and everything. I remembered it, but I never, I don't remember ever feeling like I was missing out. Like I was losing something by not being able to ride it that day. But the assumption was from their side that I was. Well, and that's why the important thing is to talk to your children, mm-hmm. ask them what they want. And in our next um, episode in the series, we're going to be talking a, a little bit more about that and how to create and how to co-create and how to really take, I mean, take everything that we've talked about in the last couple of episodes and put it together to create the magic that you want, that right. your family wants and do what's in a self-first, do it in a self-first way. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a very particular example So obviously we're talking about how do we can generally take off the pressure, but there is a very specific example. So sometimes when we, when we talk to our children and we ask them like what it is that they want or what they don't want or or what have you, sometimes they'll come up with the things that's like, oh God, that's more on my to-do list now. Like, um, and there's a very specific example that Serena has had with, um, friends of hers where even though sometimes your children might be asking for something, there might be a way of doing that that takes the pressure off. And that was one of the things that Serena was able to help one of her friends with, with uh, Maddie the Elf, I believe it was, wasn't yes, it? it was Maddie <laughs> the Elf. Uh, Maddie is part of the Elf on a Shelf collection. And if you don't know what Elf on a Shelf is, is this little elf, I believe it started as um, the, uh, how do you put it, uh, the uh what what did you call christmas the um all i can think of is corporate i have no idea what is christmas when they make you buy shit you don't need oh capitalism capitalism (laughs) Capitalism. how how can we how can we sell you shit at christmas basically um and it was a very successful plan i mean it was and it stemmed out to subsidiary elves and just this whole big kind of universe of elves this thing that happens now where and the idea is that the elf you have to move the hell the elf the elf moves every day they start at the beginning of december and the idea is is that the elf is watching you to see if you're being good or not i mean don't even get me started on the whole santa good and bad presence thing and the value needs there's other ways of doing it people i'm just being me really being honest but we won't go into that right now but the idea is, is the elf reports back to santa to let him know whether you're being good or not and so that you can get your presents for christmas in this elf i believe it started out just kind of moving like i i've never actually read the the mm-hmm. book that no. goes along with it but watching the progression from the outside looking in at first it was like okay the elf is here the elf is there the elf might do be doing something kind of silly and then this kind of pinterest parenting came in where one person would have their elf hiding behind a tissue box and one person has created an entire tissue box palace and Mm -hmm. it's like well, there's no pressure there to try and compare keeping up with the Elf Joneses. Right. Well, and actually, this is a really good example of how this is about the value need, because normally all of the things that said with this pressure, it normally comes from this feeling of like not being enough or not being good enough. 
And so when it comes to the um, the the things that increasing, like expanding, like having to do more and more and more and more, normally that I'm trying to do more and more and more is because I still don't feel I'm doing good enough. I still don't. I have to do good enough. I have to be a much. I have to be an even better parent. And the stupid thing is, it doesn't matter how much of that stuff you're doing. You're never going to meet your value need through doing that because that's not a way of meeting your value need that's actually going to work effectively for you. But a lot of people get caught up in this, oh, it's not enough, I must do more, not enough, must do more, not enough, must do more, not enough, must do more. And that's how you end up with these lavish things that then creates this kind of expectation and pressure on other parents that they should be doing the same thing. So they then feel not enough and the whole thing freaking snowballs and amplifies no pun intended talking about snowballs in, uh, <laughs> uh, in the festive season. So, yeah. And now where does Maddie the elf come into this? Yeah. Well, Maddie was my friend's daughter's elf and holiday season rolled around and there was just so much pressure and stress of adulting and life and all of the other things compounded with the holidays and everything that mm-hmm. that is. And there was so much anxiety and like, I have to move this elf every night. Like I'm just, I don't have ideas. I don't want to, I forgot. And it was like the worst thing ever. And all of these things. And I'm like, trick the system. And <laughs> what do you mean trick the system? I'm like, break Serena's your legs. very good at tricking the system. <laughs> yeah. So let me, let me just jump in here. When Serena says break Maddie's leg, she doesn't mean commit violence against the elf. That is not what she is suggesting. But what she's suggesting is you create a scenario where Maddie's injured herself. So she can't move, but she's still present. So the magic is still there, but there's ways of doing it without with taking off this pressure of God. Like, okay, so she's she's laid up for a week. We don't have to move the elf for a week. Great. So then you find another thing like... COVID was great for that. And actually, it's funny because I think every year I at least took two weeks out of the holiday for Maddie to, Mm -hmm. for her mom to rest and relax. Yeah. Um, The next year it was COVID. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Maddie has COVID? She's like, what? I'm like, Maddie has COVID, has to be quarantined for two weeks, correct? And she's like, she does. She does. And the just, one thing you're celebrating, one time you're celebrating about a COVID diagnosis. <laughs> right? But there are little things like that, like creating a little workshop, like get a, a trinket or a toy or something, put it behind a curtain, put it behind a tissue, mm-hmm. and then one day have glitter on the like the little surrounding area and then some wood chips or whatever it is in for two A couple weeks. of pieces of paper. Like the, the other thing is to remember with this is that if – you have a child who is asking for, for example, an elf on the shelf. Like that's something that they really want. Their their, par- their, their parents have got it. Their friends have got it. And they're like, oh, like, why don't I have an elf? And if you want, you can still engage with this if you want to without the pressure. If, for example, you don't have the privilege of affording an elf on a shelf, um, you could say, uh, you could write a letter, put a ne- letter from the North Pole saying, actually, we've been watching you all year. You're doing amazing. Like, we don't need to send an elf to you. Thank you so much. Um, and you know what I mean? There's lots of, there's other ways that you can engage with the magic of it while taking the pressure off. You can even do that if you can afford an elf on the shelf. You just don't want to do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Like, finding ways of doing it that are going to help you to um, take the pressure off of the things that they want so you can still enjoy the magic while not putting extra pressure on yourself to do more things. You brought something up in that, which is if they ask you for elf on a shelf, Mm -hmm. wait till they ask you for it. Mm. And that's a big thing because as we said, the expectations between children and adults are different and what they may want is different than what we may think that they want. So waiting until they come to you and say, 
oh, why don't we have an elf on the shelf? And um, that's where I come up with my next unpressurized tip because they may come in halfway through the season and be like, oh, it's December I'm going to pause just quickly here because obviously one of the things you can do, yes, you can wait for them to ask, but sometimes children, especially when they've been taught to conform and that that things are the way that they are meant to be and how they feel about it isn't necessarily in alignment with what's really going on. Sometimes children will question what they're feeling about it and be like, oh, shouldn't I be feeling this or something? But as we said previously about the assumptions, one of these we're going to invite you to do in the next episode, we're going to invite you to talk to them. So that will be the opportunity for these sorts of things to come up. Now, if something didn't come up in this and they come to you a little bit later in the month and you're like, ah, shit, I didn't realize that was something that they wanted. Here's how you deal with it. Put in the request. And who do you put the request in with? Whoever the hell is supposed to be delivering the elf. Another one that gets pressurized, reindeer poop. Yeah. All of a sudden in the last, the same kind of time frame, all of these little children of my friends have rainbow, or rainbow, (laughs) reindeer poop. Rainbow poop sounds way better. It does, to be honest. It sounds like something a unicorn would do. Right? Um... Put in the request to, all right, you came to me, you want an elf on the shelf. Not a problem. Let me put that request into Santa for yeah. you. I didn't realize that you wanted this. So I'm going to put in the request so we can now get it. And that's that's a way of like. I didn't of, think you wanted poop. Yes. they And it's like, oh, oh, I didn't realize we had to put a request in. Like, that's why I haven't got it. It's not that I've been forgotten. It's not that I'm not important. We just, you just, we just didn't know we had to put a request in. Now we can put the request in and now we can engage with it. And we're going to get back to it a little bit more in the uh, next series, but asking them specifically, how do you want to create magic this year? Mm -hmm. Giving them the personal power to be like, this is what I would like this year to look like. Because different ages, and especially when it comes to the holidays, there's there's an ebb and flow of the magic and the spirit and what the expectations are of a three-year-old is going to be different than the expectations of a nine-year-old right so find out what it is that they want and what they want to create and the other thing is is that if you have like multiple children for example and you've got an older um an older sibling and a younger sibling and the older siblings get to that point where it's like they're not really into the whole kind of santa magic stuff anymore then something you can do is that you can share the share the load is that you can be you can take them out for a drink no i don't mean to your local bar i'm like go have a cup of cocoa somewhere um and and say to them like um i think it's now time for you to know the secret and the secret is is that santa is this magic that we all create for other people. And like, once you reach a certain age, you get to be Santa for somebody else. So I've been Santa for you because we wanted to create this magic for you. You now get to help us create it for your sibling. So that's where they may take on the moving of the elf on the shelf. Like they could do, there's a whole bunch of different things that they can do, which it helps them to create magic. It helps them to engage with the season. And so, I mean, we all know that sometimes you can get more enjoyment out of doing, creating something for somebody else than you do for when someone's doing it for you. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes you just enjoy being, receiving it. And that's cool as well. It's like, sometimes what we want to do is we want to engage them and they can then help sometimes to take the pressure off of you. Depression, depression. Impression. Impression. Yes. There was another example I, I mentioned um, when we were talking about this earlier, and I'm trying to think what it was because it was a really good one and it popped in for a moment and it's popped back out again. Um, I'm sure it was when we were talking about this. 
can't think. I'm sure it was about the elf. Oh, that was the other example I had. Um, so it's like, if again, if you wanted to do something where you want to give yourself a bit of time off, you can say, unfortunately, that the, the labor crisis has hit the North Pole <laughs> and um, the elf has to go back and help Santa to get everything ready for Christmas Day. So again, or that's the reason that the elves aren't, the elf hasn't been sent this year because Santa really needs him and he knows that you will understand. And so he wanted to say thank you so much for allowing him to keep his elf in order to help with the workshop this year. And your elf is so important that they're needs Needed there. Well, yeah. why does XYZ have their elf still? Well, yours is a specialist in trains. Right. And the, 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 like. Absolutely. <laughs> or as I said, they've already they've already done the rounds and they've checked. You're 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 already on you're already on the nice list. There's no way that there's like you're you're going to be good. So they don't have to check up on you. And there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can do this. Thinking about the ways that you can take the pressure off of yourself. The other thing is brainstorm this with other parents, like get onto a WhatsApp group chat, get into Facebook groups and like, hey, this is the thing, like I'm, I'm trying to deal with this thing. I have, I've listened to this podcast, they've come up with these ideas. Here's some of the ideas they have. What are other ideas they have? You like collectively, you get together, collaborate to figure out the ways of taking the pressure off so that you can do it in a way which is about making things easier rather than adding more to your plate. And if you get into a group that it's a... Um... I know a lot of parents tend to have kind of like their parent, I'm going to say clicks in mm -hmm. like the wrong, like I don't mean it like groups. Yeah, they have their, their yeah. different communities and like the kids play together. Okay, there's five children that play together. All those parents get together and create, you know, at least a, at least a lower pressured situation for everybody. So mm -hmm. everybody's elf is in the same, oh, did you hear Maddie elf is doing this? Oh yeah, I heard that elf was doing the same thing. So it kind of mm -hmm. creates a little bit of a, a cohesiveness within that group of friends. And the other thing is to you is to connect with the friends that maybe don't have kids because maybe they'll have ideas. Like Serena and I come up with these ideas. We don't have kids. We, we're very involved with the kids who are in our lives, but maybe there are other places you want to go into the nourish your needs community and start a thread saying hey i need some ideas for the elf on the shelf or the reindeer poop or whatever it is see what other other mm -hmm. people will come up with and it's amazing when you kind of collaborate in these ways like how can we all take the pressure if you put a thread into someone with a group of parents going how can we take the pressure of ourselves this christmas i think that or during the holiday season most people are going to be like, oh, thank God, somebody else has said it too. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do this. How can we do this together? I don't know. I, I know a, I know a very, a very tiny, tiny, tiny handful of people that are excited for that elf. The general statement, and we're using the elf just because it's such an... A, it's a thing. It's such a thing right now. But most parents are and, like... And most of those people are people who have the privilege of time and mm -hmm. money to be able to do these sorts of things. Absolutely. And it's... It's funny, I realize every time I say absolutely no. <laughs> Go back and listen to our episode on absolutes if you want to know what she's talking about. <laughs> um, and of course, where I forgot where I was going. I you were saying myself. that there's a small um, group of people who are excited for this, it's, but it's, most of them are like, oh, that's Most damn parents elf. are like, oh, it's fucking elf season again. Yeah. Like, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and chances are you are not alone. Yeah. So we want to remind you that pressure often creates not only guilt and with that, the shame. We've I've talked in the last episode about, you know, how 
those two kind of and the illusion of guilt because a mm-hmm. lot of the time the pressure is not about actual guilt because you you are you're you are justified in feeling guilty for not doing something or doing something it's guilt based on this expectation of what you're supposed to be doing coming from society from others or from yourself and that's because the pressures are often due to the expectations of other people trying to get their needs met mm-hmm. and so basically they're framing the situation with their preference of getting the need met And then it pressurizes the entire thing because it's pressurizing how they prefer to get their needs met. Well, it's, I think the thing is, what's happening is that somebody is saying, like, there's a, this is how it's meant to be done. But the how it's meant to be done is the way that will meet their needs. It's their preference for the way of getting their needs met. So what then ends up happening is that we feel that obligation responsibility. And if we don't do it, it's then like, oh, I have something to feel guilty about. Like I've done this person wrong. No, you just haven't engaged with the um, with the stuff around um, the, uh, and we talked about in the last episode with that, with that we talked about in the guilt, we talked in the last episode, the fact that we talked about this in the guilt and shame series, like that's not guilt. It's an attempt at manipulating your humanity. I'm going to put an expectation of on you um, of doing it this way. And a lot of the time that expectation is also based in a value need thing. A lot of the time people get into expectations and obligations is like, I'm going to make it seem like you don't have a choice, but to do this because I don't trust that if you had choice that you would show up in a way that was supportive of my, my, me and my needs. Cause I don't feel worthy of being supported of in supported in the way that my needs are being met. So that's like this value need, like values like ping, 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 ping all the time with this stuff that's going on. So then one of the most important things is to, is to focus on the fact that this pressure to be the perfect daughter, perfect spouse, perfect mum, perfect coworker, perfect um, friend, whatever it is at this time of year is coming from our unmet value need or a, a compromised value need. And often that pressure and expectation is often coming from their unmet value need. So the most important thing we can do is to take care of our value need, remind ourselves of our worth, remind ourselves of our value, remind ourselves that we are good enough and that we don't need to do anything in order to be good enough. So, um, I mean, we've covered a lot today, but um, anything you want to add before we finish up? No, I'm excited for the next one where we're going to learn how to actually create. Absolutely. So uh, join us next time. And remember that we want to be taking the pressure off. We've broken the mold. We're taking the pressure off. And now we get to create some magic. So we will see you next time where we'll be talking about that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Remember to take care of yourself. Stay, Stay safe. And in the meantime, remember to keep meeting your needs. Lots of love. Bye. Bye, friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review as it will help more people find us. And remember, when we take the pressure out of the holiday season, it's much more enjoyable for everyone involved. Well, shit. It really is that simple.